0: Welcome back to another episode of The Goal Post, and the Argos have dethroned the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to win their 18th Grey Cup. Robbie Smith blocks a final minute field goal to secure the 24-23 victory, and Argos' money line was never in doubt.
1: That is right. Congratulations to the Toronto Argonauts for winning the 109th Grey Cup. It's uh, I gotta say, it's a tough day to be a CFL hater today what a game we just watched last night um 24 23 the last six minutes of that game took me all over the place i felt like an hour i thought the go-ahead uh touchdown i didn't think it'd be enough to win I, i figured winnipeg would at least get a rouge or some sort to tie the game maybe send it to overtime and then uh when they immediately got the interception on the next next drive for winnipeg i i thought it was over so it was we're gonna have to battle hard gonna have to find a way to get another score then they get the interception so then i'm thinking okay two first downs maybe even one you you win the game run the clock out and then the field goal started just getting blocked one after one and uh they pulled it out in dramatic fashion i think it's a good way to put it and what were your thoughts on the game
0: it was crazy. It was a it was definitely a game of halves. I mean, it felt like the, I mean, this game alone has a million storylines. The Argos alone have a million storylines going on, winning to become 7-0 and in their past Grey Cup appearances, denying Winnipeg the three-peat to win their first Grey Cup since 2017. This was Winnipeg's first playoff loss in seven games over three years. So they definitely played spoiler, which I loved. And it was definitely a game of two halves. The first half was a total defensive battle. Uh, It ended 10-7. Two offenses that kind of couldn't quite get in sync. Both the Bombers and the Argos left a ton of points on the board. Missed field goals. Uh, I think the Argos were 7 for 14 in second down conversions. Bombers were 2 for 10 at half. So there wasn't much to be said about the first half. Andrew Harris had that big hurdle, which got the boys going, which was huge but I think the Argos definitely had the edge, but it was both two teams that you could tell were on the verge of kind of exploding. And that's what we saw in the second half.
1: It was, it was a very, yeah, even game would be a good way to put it throughout. It it did kind of feel like the Argos had a little bit more possession They're They're outgained them uh, at half and they, they kind of looked like the better team, but like you said, they weren't finishing drives. They weren't, they're finding a way to, Just not get points on the board, which I thought was going to come back to bite them in the butt. Fortunately, it did not. The play of the game for me that really turned everything was that second and fifteen. Chad Kelly scramble.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, Credit credit to Chad Kelly coming in the closer. Finished the game, won it. Yeah, so far they just found a way. The offense kind of just came ignited when he came into the game. It they looked they had new life. It was it was fun to watch that.
0: Absolutely. So, McLeod Bethel-Thompson dislocates his thumb sometime in the fourth quarter. See, Chad Kelly come in, has one drive where he looks good, has a couple big throws, but ends up being a two-and-out. The next drive, he leads them down. That huge 20-yard gain on the scramble, which eventually sets up the A.J. Ouellette touchdown to go up and from that point on uh it felt like the argos had the momentum uh enoch Mwamba has that interception with three minutes left and then the argos proceed to miss the 43 yard field goal with two minutes left and you know from that point on i thought that we were in really bad trouble when we got the sack on coloros on third and long and it got called back for the face mask that was when i practically wrote the game off i thought that we were completely going to lose on a penalty that big completion over the middle and set them up for a say, field the goal
1: completion right after that too it was it was it, it was, was a bleak. dagger was bleak. Um, and
0: uh and, and big shout out to robbie smith who the one who took the face mask penalty is the guy who ended up blocking the punt or uh blocking the field goal so that's huge you love as a player you, you gotta love erasing a mistake like that but an incredible game that was the sunday night game last night
1: Correct. I I missed the entire first half of the NFL game because I was right into that CFL game. Yeah, I thought you could have given the most outstanding player to Robbie Smith because of how how dominant he was on that last defensive stand because he got the first sack. Yep. to to start off that drive, then uh, incompletion I believe, and then it was the face mask on the third down where we thought the game was over. Would have been a second sack, yeah. Yep, and then he came back and. You know, he he redeemed himself with that block kick, and, which ended up being the game-winning play. So, yeah. credit to Mwamba. He deserved that. That interception was massive because took all took all the wind out of their sails because they were trying to go down, go for a game-winning field goal. Rouge, something to tie it up, give them life, but took it away, took the life out of it. Because it was a more Winnipeg. Uh, crowd with it being out west a little bit so
0: definitely yeah didn't have too
1: much of a difference on the game like didn't impact that much but it, it definitely was pro winnipeg crowd yeah. Shout out to andrew harris he he has a three p now not the bombers but he got the three p which pretty is nice. crazy
0: yeah there's a couple of those uh great storylines from this game andrew harris wins his third consecutive great cup brandon banks wins his first great cup um which was another great one enoch muamba ends up joining Andrew Harris as the only two players to ever receive both great cup MVP and most outstanding Canadian with a great touching moment on the stage. That was awesome. I mean, Chad Kelly coming up to Canada for his first season. They're now clearly grooming him as the starter and what a better way to kind of start that transition than for him to lead them on a, on a game winning drive. I thought it was perfect.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've been on the Chad Kelly bandwagon all year was uh, wasn't happy with how uh Bethel Thompson started out the season I thought he was very mediocre Chad Kelly just he I don't think he's the best quarterback in the CFL necessarily but he he gives that offense life he's he's kind of a t- Taylor Heineke-esque quarterback where the team just seems to play for him he doesn't always make the best decisions but he's a competitor and he wants he wants to win you can tell McLeod McLeod he's got that bleak that blank face he doesn't show a lot of emotion and I I don't mind my quarterback showing emotion because the team will fight for you, and we saw that last night with uh, Chad Kelly getting the deal done. Totally. A little side note here. What would you what you think of the halftime show?
0: Uh, it was a bit weak for me. Honestly, I thought if you're going to compare acts last year, the Kells was way better than that. It just felt a bit sad. I don't, you can't call it Florida-Georgia line because you don't have the full group there because they broke up, like – it felt like a bit of a reach. What I did like was that it was at least in the end zone. I can't stand when they do these huge halftime shows with like trucks and and scaffolding on on turf that you're playing yeah. on twenty minutes later. So also, I at least It also like that.
1: limits the amount of the uh, the halftime in general. You yeah, exactly. The third, third quarter earlier. I don't think it compares to uh, Roy Woods at the Eastern Conference Final, but Tyler Hubbard might have been the worst act out of the three. It was bad, and he was supposed to be the headliner. So I, I was I was let down. I yeah. wasn't wasn't too into it. And um, and you can right. at least
0: accept a bad halftime show if they're going out and and trying hard to get a Canadian act. Like if it's not a Canadian act, yes. and it, and you don't have a great halftime show, you you tend to give it a lot less slack.
1: I would have loved to seen an upcoming Canadian artist, even like even the Reclaws. I think I've seen the Reclaws way too much for, from from the World Juniors and all those commercials, but. The records yeah. are Canadian, at least as the country it would have been kind of fitting. And I agree, we had one half of Florida Georgia line.
0: I agree, but all things aside, it was a great night. Great Argos win, big underdogs, um, big money line hit. It was great. So moving on past the Grey Cup, past a magical season for the Argos, we're going to be going into our NFL recap. Um, it was a pretty crazy week eleven, despite having you know a bit of a quieter board. We're going to start where we started our previews with the Bills and Browns. So this uh, game got moved to Detroit as we threw out as one of the possibilities throughout the week. And it definitely was the game changer, especially on my under 36 and a half, which did not hit. Um, That's what I get for trying to be the smartest person in the room. But I battled it out. Otherwise, bit of a weird game, though.
1: Yes, very weird. Your your under was alive for longer than it should have been alive. Way I, longer. I, I was keeping an eye on that game, looking at that score, and was just, I was concerned with the Bills for that first half. Also, side note, it was very weird seeing them seeing the Lions logo at midfield in the end zone and Definitely. seeing the Browns and the Bills on the field. It, it took me a while to adjust to that, but I did. Uh, the Bills ended up pulling it out 31-23. Uh, that 23 for the Browns is a little is a garbage time touchdown, but... Some people had spread implications on the game. I had the seven and a half, so I I snuck away with it. But I know there was eight and a halfs out there. Eights people pushed. It was uh it was an okay game. Nothing crazy happened. It looked like it, it was a bit of a a James Cook coming out party. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Singletary were were carrying the load for the Bills, and it it allowed Josh Allen to only have to rush the ball three times, which is a, the season low for him thus far. Uh, cook had 86 yards singletary was in the 80s too and it's the the bills are better when they're able to run the ball definitely it saves josh allen he doesn't have to go pressing all the buttons doing crazy stuff and it allows them to open up the play action game and let stefan diggs and gabriel davis do their thing with the deep ball
0: yeah that was the difference today the browns ended up with 130 more passing yards but it didn't really matter um, because the bills rush for almost double they get that huge touchdown from singletary The Bills are much better when they can run the ball. I think they're starting to realize that. It's definitely easier said than done. But if Allen can finish a game, like you said, with three runs and you're still coming out with 31 points, you're in the right place. It was a game that the Bills ultimately needed to win, and they won it. But it definitely wasn't the most confidence-inspiring for a while. Uh, They certainly didn't look like themselves for much of the first half. Um, They seemed to be off offensively, not in sync. We saw Diggs talking to... Uh, mcdermott on the sidelines which looked a bit weird but yeah other than that a lot of field goals
1: a lot of field goals i'm i'm still very upset that they took that snow game away from us i think that just that i would it would have been must watch it did you see some that? the four feet of snow it was it was awesome. the stadium was covered blanketed in snow it was it was an unbelievable sight but Chubb just never really got going. It was, it was the Bills out of the run game when everyone thought it was going to be Hunt and Chubb. It was not. Chubb, Chubb had 14 attempts for 19 yards. 19 yards. I That is just not Nick Chubb. So they could never get the running game going, which forced Jacoby Brissett to throw for 300-plus yards with a lot of that in garbage time when the game was a little bit out of hand. And overall, you're right. The Bills didn't look great. Didn't look like that Super Bowl winning team, but they got the job done. And I had like they won by eight points. Could have been two scores. I mean, that, that Browns touchdown came with 19 seconds left, so I don't put too much stock into that. It was all it was all Bills late. The Browns came out early and they looked like they were gonna give them a, a tougher run for their money. And then eventually they just kind of faded. The Bills ended up winning because they were the better team. The better team shined through today. And Overall, I think the Bills are they're going to be there. They're, they're going to be in the playoffs. That's a game they have to win. The Browns are now dead, I believe.
0: Yeah, uh, Dolphins remain first in the division due to the head-to-head, but the Bills are right there. Browns get one game closer to Deshaun Watson coming back, but I agree they are dead. That's, uh, you're already looking to next year uh, with that loss.
1: Yeah, we talked about a little bit last week. If they win that game, they're alive. They had a chance. They did not pull it out, and they are dead. Amari it, Cooper looked great, though
0: he did. He did. They they still got a good offense, like we said last year, that they have weapons on that team, which might be interesting when we see uh, Watson get in that offense. But ultimately, they're already looking ahead to next year.
1: Yep, it's uh, they're I wouldn't even be watching them. Actually, I would be to see how Deshaun plays. But you're not, you're not invested
0: in your season as much as you were at the start. Definitely not. It's okay. Good good season for the Browns. Good season for the Browns. Next we have Lions 31, Giants 18 in a huge win for the Lions on the road and a major wake-up call to the Giants offense. The Lions extend their NFC best three-game win streak, winning three straight for the first time since 2017. It's likely the most impressive performance of Dan Campbell's tenure with Detroit simply outplaying a Giants team that was looking for their eighth win. That is uh, that's Dan Campbell's signature win. His, I, if, As much as
1: it's, it's crazy to say that about a Giants team, but that's a signature win. Giants were are a playoff team still in the playoffs, and the Lions, they show life. They show life of having a good offense, which we've seen throughout the year, but the defense actually stepped up today, which is something you like to see. Uh, they for they got those two Daniel Jones interceptions which were huge uh, I believe there's a fumble recovery as well Aiden Hutchinson had the fumble recovery and an interception so yeah
0: finished with both
1: he'll be in the running for defensive rookie of the year he looks pretty good Saquon Barkley just couldn't get going today I think that's my main takeaway it was he had 15 rushes for tw- 15 rushes for 22 yards, no touchdowns. And that's not going to do it. You can't win games with that stat line.
0: No, he came into the game as the league's leading rusher. And he said after the game, I got to give credit to all those boys over there in the Lions D coordinator and Glenn. They did a really great job today. And that was really it. They got out coached. They had a great setup for Saquon and they shut him down completely. Dayball agreed. He said Lions won in the trenches, made their tackles in space and bottled up the run game. And that was essentially the difference. It was a difference. Uh, The the Lions offense looked as good as it
1: has all year because the Giants have had a pretty good defense all year. Also, they had the triple-headed monster with Jackson Swift and Williams in the backfield. Jamal Williams with three touchdowns, which is quite a day for him. Happy to see it. And I think it's fair to say Amon Ross St. Brown is an elite receiver in the
0: NFL. He's right up there. He's He's right there. Top 10, I would say. Mm -hmm. with that new class of kind of receivers that are going that way that in that age group you got your Terry McLaurin's. like they're all kind of competing to become the next guy you can feel it and he he seems to be emerging right now he's been a a great player great fantasy player this year too oh yeah when he's healthy he's
1: a must start it's it's interesting to see that with the wide receivers because I think that is the most impactful position so far right out of the draft these guys seem to be coming right into the league even this year's rookie class they all look like vets almost. And it's so impressive. And it'll be interesting to see how NFL teams adapt with that, whether they stop going stop paying the wide receivers big money in free agency and just getting these guys on these rookie deals for way cheaper. And they're arguably just as good. And it's so it's gonna be interesting to see how that affects the league and GMs in the offseason because. It, it looks like there's just going to be more and more elite wide receivers just coming into the league and making immediate impacts.
0: Yeah, if you have five to six guys that are coming out of the first, you know, 35 picks of the draft that are going to be coming in and being impact receivers, then yeah, GMs are going to have no incentive to pay guys huge money because they say, I'll go get the next crazy star at Alabama right now with my next pick. Um, yeah,
1: exactly. It'll be interesting. The wind played a, a big part in that in that game. It, it did. was all over the place.
0: Yeah, and the Giants kind of you know couldn't handle their game ops. They couldn't handle their offense to get something going. They failed to win a game that looking ahead could be crucial. We got Philly twice for them, Washington twice, who just took down Philly and looked scrappy, along with Dallas and Minnesota. So this Giants team that looked to be you know cruising into the playoffs or or had an undeniable playoff spot. A few weeks ago is now you know looking ahead a tough schedule that they could get four or five losses from
1: so last episode i believe i think i said something along the lines of the giants are pretty much a lock for the playoffs just based off their record and yeah. not on what i see on the field yeah i think i'm gonna have to rescind that i they that that was not a playoff team out there it, it was not i mean it wasn't the worst team in the nfl but you can't be losing to the Lions 31-18 and expect to be considered a legitimate playoff contender. That's not what playoff contenders do. They they win those games 31-18. They don't lose those games
0: 31-18. Yeah, and that's that stat I had, the uh, the 30-point benchmark, they went the opposite way. It was the first time that they given up 30 points, but they failed to score 30 points. So that's just a recipe for losing that game.
1: It was. I I still don't know what to make of Daniel Jones i i don't know he he looked good I, it was similar to the jacoby Brissett stat line where he got a lot of garbage time like he threw he had 44 passing attempts 44, which is yeah. very high
0: but those I, two interceptions I, were costly when they did happen the interception the first one yeah. was capitalized for a td because it was and right the in second red one zone. just came
1: out a terrible time where you yeah. you can't turn the ball over and yeah. uh he had he had 50 yards on the ground and a touchdown running it was I think he's a system quarterback. I think he's gonna have a career in the NFL. I just don't think he'll ever be good.
0: I agree. Does I don't think he'll ever sense? be the guy, which could lead the Giants into that two-year stretch of deciding whether he's the guy for a really long time. But yeah, it kind of just reminds me of like like a
1: Jake Cutler, a guy who's just in on a team. He's there for a while. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like these, he's gonna have a career. I believe in the NFL. Or he already has, but like a 10 ten-year career, but. I don't think there's going to be a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones, unless he's a backup of some sort.
0: No, I tend to agree. But that moves us to our next game. Patriots 10, Jets 3 in another offensive wake-up call game. Uh, And the Jets lose a game in which Zach Wilson has nine completions, um, but did not think the offense left the defense high and dry when asked about it post-game. This was a mess if you're a Jets fan. This game was
1: disgusting. Should have never been televised. It it was unwatchable. I feel bad for any Patriots or Jets fans that I had to sit through that entire game. It, it was the game like you you'd be watching red zone. You just go, oh, what's what's going on in that that Jets Patriots game? Well, well, let me tell you, it was three three from the nine and nine minute thirty eight second mark in the second quarter. There was just nothing for over two full quarters of football, and Disgusting. Then, as as your boy Drake would like to say went 0 to 100 real quick at the end there.
0: Yeah, and the 0 to 100 play of the game was the Patriots punt return buzzer beater essentially to win Marcus Jones has an 84-yard punt return insane offensive finish for such a defensive game and such a, you know, dud of a game on that side of the ball. Um but that's your highlight of the week right there. That there's nothing more electric been a punt return to begin with but one to to walk off the game especially against this jets team that's gotten a bit big for their britches and needed to return down to earth a bit i loved it it somehow made the game worth it just just for that moment i i had
1: the patriots minus three and a half so that that was never a doubt my dad my dad was also on the couch he had he had money line and we were just sitting there just in, in disbelief, I didn't even know what to react. It wasn't even excitement, happiness. I my jaw was just on the floor. I just go, "There's no way that is the only touchdown that is scored in this game off a walk-off punt return, first first punt return in the NFL." Also, I I found that hard to believe,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: facts yeah. are facts. Patriots had opportunities to win this game. It felt like they just kept. They were actually moving the ball. I feel like this game be a, was much more frustrating for Patriots fans as opposed to Jets fans. Because Jess fans were thinking, okay, all we need is one. We're in this game. But the Patriots just they kept getting to midfield and just getting halted. Two yeah. missed field goals, one from 44, the other from 43. And it was it was just not a pretty game. Like You can't no. be happy if you're a New England fan with that win. That's not a good win.
0: No, and it's not a confidence-inspiring win anymore so for Mac Jones either. I mean, Zach Wilson had a tough day, but it wasn't like – You know, Mac Jones was playing him off the field. The Jets had six sacks. You know, they got to the quarterback six different times. That's an elite different uh, defense. But, you know, the Patriots also had four sacks. Matthew Judon has one and a half. He was a killer this game. It was a game where the Jets should have squeaked out and win if you're a team that wins those games. And they didn't, which has to be something which has to say something about them.
1: Yeah, what I came away from, from this game and these two teams is that they are the exact same. Below, very much below average offenses with good to elite defenses. Yeah. I think the Jets have a top five defense in the NFL, and that's how they have been winning a lot of these games because their defense has just been given their offense a chance. And for Zach Wilson to say he didn't let the defense down today. Brutal he must have zero awareness that's that's an insane statement to make after that game they held them to three because the defense i'm not they didn't even give the touchdown that was on special teams the defense Mm -hmm. held them to three points it's a
0: it's a nonsensical comment i don't even know where you reach for that in your brain that's the problem like that should be a layup of a question for a quarterback to say that that was on me josh allen did it the past two weeks take notes yeah It's, it's that easy that's what you want out of a quarterback
1: accountability if he if he took takes accountability there i don't even think there's that much drama surrounding him which is like okay zach wilson had a bad game yeah now the microscope is heavy on zach wilson and he has a lot more eyes on him than he did going into that week and mm, totally
0: do you think either of these teams are playoff teams uh no i don't and the jets lose another Huge game in terms of leverage um, in the AFC. They're now 0 2 against the Pats, with still two games left against the Dolphins and Bills, respectively. So if they aren't able to win those two games, then they're going down to one of the worst um, divisional records, and I don't see them squeaking into the playoffs. Which how with how increasingly tough the AFC is getting.
1: The crazy the re- part is the entire AFC East is currently in the playoffs. I know. If I know. Ended right now, which. He's insane. I, I, the Jets, I, I can see the Patriots being out So the Patriots win, win games. Belichick finds ways to win games. I'm not surprised with the Patriots' record. I don't really think they're a threat. Um, I can see them getting that last wildcard spot, though. The Jets, I think it's all downhill from here. I, yeah. I think it's, I wouldn't be
0: surprised if they ended up below 500. I agree. I agree. I, I think it's just, I think the Bengals are going to be who ends up rising out of that and stealing that wild card spot from them. And if the Patriots can stay steady then, you know, it's kind of between them and the Chargers, them and the Colts to to steal that last spot essentially. You know the Patriots are just going to be there
1: at the end. They're going to yeah. find ways to stay right around 500 one game above and they're going to be it's going to come down to last week probably with the Patriots, Chargers, Bengals. I will say we'll they have a tough schedule
0: unfolds, but I think the, the Patriots do. Yeah, they play Vikings next week. Then the Bills the week after, followed by Cardinals, Raidle, Raiders, Bengals, and then finishing um, with Miami and Buffalo again. So you're having a lot of above 500 opponents. The Raiders and the Cardinals are whatever, but those but- are must win
1: games in that schedule. those two, for the Patriots, those are must win games. And you got to hope I they can beat they the pull Bengals one out. too. Yeah, they pull one out. They pull a division game out. One of them. I don't know which one. but They will. They find ways to win divisional games. Definitely. But- that was just a terrible football game. It's it. There's no other way to put it. It was bad. It was it was bad.
0: Bad it, it was. Um, one PM sleep. Yeah. go Last for it. last
1: thing about that. Bill Belichick with the conservative play calling. He had. Uh, it's frustrating because I think he was just playing for Zach Wilson to make the mistake, and then they were not going to make the mistake. So the play calling was so boring and not exciting. I know they went for it on that one fourth down, but that was pretty much it. I thought they had other opportunities to go for it. I remember on like it was a third and third and six, third and seven, and they run it. And they so I'm and they're right around midfield. I think maybe just on the Jets' side of the field. And then it got to a fourth and two, and I thought based off that third down play call that they would go for it, and then they just bring out the punting unit. And Zach Wilson also should have had two
0: interceptions. Just last thing on that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but other than that, um, the rest of the 1 p.m. slate, uh, there was a crazy, sh- crazy shootout between the Falcons and the Bears. Uh, Bears lose another uh, game close right at the end. Game had a bit of everything. Running quarterbacks, kick returns. Cordero Patterson sets the NFL record for nine kick returns with his 104 yard kick return shot. Um, but yeah, that was just another high, really high scoring battle. Uh, the Eagles pull out a comeback uh, win against losing their after losing their first game. Hertz pulls out that scoring drive on the with 120 left. Uh, it was a good defensive read, and it was essentially that one play that ended up really being the difference in the game. That
1: was a that was a character win for yeah. the Eagles. You, you couldn't drop two in a row. I didn't think it'd be that close. They're down basically the entire game. It was they didn't look good, but they were good enough to win the game. If that makes sense, it yeah. was it that you have to win those games if you want to be considered a Super Bowl contender, which I believe they are in that conversation still. Uh, another thing, Heineke just keeps winning with the Commanders. Yep, they're now four and one with him as quarterback, and Washington is six and five. Look at that! I, I did not see that coming.
0: I did yeah, not I think see they officially coming. named him starter too, which is big for him. The Colts actually looked with Jonathan Taylor back look a bit more like the Colts we know slash you know what we were expecting. It still seems like they need to be kind of squeezing a bit more out of that offense. Um, yeah. But other than that, I thought they looked a bit. Back to normal. Other they're going to cover a lot of spreads. I agree. They're just going to be there. They're going to try and run the ball,
1: play hard defense. It. They're not going to be a team you want to watch on TV.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And the last thing I had was that the Rams are dead, and Baker Mayfield still cannot play quarterback at a professional level. Baker, 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 you you had so much hope and.
1: You look good on the Browns for a bit. You took them to the playoffs, man. You just, you,
0: and that's you, against the Ravens, whose passing defense is has been taking candy from a baby all year. Like if you can't pass against the Ravens right now,
1: the Panthers had a lot of opportunities to win that game and yeah. get a lead. It that was another brutal game in on, the one o'clock slate. You didn't see much of on red zone. Absolutely but not. The Ravens that that was I had that right now. The Ravens just keep. Finding ways to win games, and they're yeah, that's they're why first if- in the AFC North, and I I don't see how they don't win the division. I don't know if I consider them an elite team, but they keep winning, so I it's uh, they're the Vikings of the AFC to me. They just keep finding ways to win, but I don't see them as a threat
0: necessarily. Yeah, kind of, or or maybe even more so as the Cowboys. We said the Cowboys was one of those teams you don't want to end up playing in the playoffs. Nobody wants to play the Ravens. No. Good, well coach team. Yeah, but you're also not betting Omar. them to be in the conference finals either. No. Into the 4 o'clock slate, we're going to go to Cowboys 40, Vikings 3. In An atrocious game for the Vikings. Turns out Vegas was right, and they finally get exposed for being somewhat fraudulent in an ugly, ugly loss at home. It was ugly. It doesn't, doesn't get worse. I had
1: to throw out the game tape. Don't just forget it happened, but both of their losses, the Vikings losses have been huge losses. I I got a quick little stat for the people here. All right. The Vikings have been outscored 231 to 229 on the season and they're
0: eight and two. Oh, that point differential. Just think, just
1: think about that. You're eight and two with a negative point differential. Ridiculous. I don't understand what happens. That tends to make me believe they're frauds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, and and, it, it, and it, was- it has to. And it has to because that's a game where everybody was saying, you know, why is Dallas favored? Minnesota's at home. We just beat the Bills. They're super high on themselves. That's a game you have to at least stay in for. You can't get blown out like that. I mean, Dallas threw over them, ran over them, outright dominated this one. I mean, the difference was that that backfield duo. It was Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott all day long.
1: And I think we can all agree that Tony Pollard should be the starting running back for that team now. Nothing against Zeke, but Pollard's got the fresh legs. He He looks explosive out there. He had... 80 yards rushing and 109 yards receiving with two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, he's so he a Swiss Army bad, knife.
1: But it's 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 Pollard. It, Tony Pollard should be the lead back in
0: in that backfield. And and it doesn't put you in a bad place either because they use Zeke perfectly in the sense of running him in short yardage in the red zone. Who's stopping Ezekiel Elliott in that situation? You're not putting him in the game for 30 snaps. Instead, they think they split the snaps perfectly, even 15 and 15. And and that's a game where you're not going to stop either of those guys. For as dumb as Mike McCarthy looks, he's finally figured out
1: how to use those two running backs. Yeah. Dallas is starting to look good. Dallas seems, game for them. Seems to be finding their stride here. That the Vikings only putting up three points is just it's a joke. Kirk Cousins can only play on one o'clock. It's you think that's like a funny thing, you know, it's just a running joke but it has to have legitimacy to it now. It's it Every time. He I threw for
0: 105 a- yards today and was sacked seven times, including one fumble.
1: Yep. It was, just can't
0: it, – it's unfathomable. It can happen. You can't
1: yeah. – it's – you can lose that game. The Vikings can lose that game. I think the Cowboys are a good team. They were favored. Obviously, It was they're a good team, but you cannot lose that game by 37 points. That felt also, like a college
0: football loss. Like, you can yes. lose that game to, to the Cowboys by a touchdown even – you can't, you can't get blown out. You're getting written off the schedule if you get blown out there.
1: Also, you—they you, couldn't have got one touchdown for the over. Just I just know, one. just just one.
0: You know, that was not, so not asking killer. for a lot
1: here. Just 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 one.
0: And I and I looked away from that game for a while too because it was when the Grey Cup was starting, and I thought, oh, yep. the over so so gonna hit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I watched the first. I watched almost the entire first half, and it was one of those where I'm like okay, the Cowboys are going to win this game. I just need the Vikings to get 13 points. And and they didn't even need 13. They just needed 10. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that's a a good old clowning. Minnesota kind of gets set back to square one in terms of proving that they can beat good teams. I think that that Bills game almost, or the work that they got in that Bills game almost gets erased by that loss to Dallas. Uh, And like you said, that's a big tune-up game for the Cowboys who are looking to get right after that loss at Green Bay.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the NFL is a weird league. It's a week-to-week league, and the Vikings were at the top. They were at the top, feeling great after that Bills win, and now they are just at the bottom after that loss. They, yeah. The amount of questions surrounding the Vikings from last week to this week, it's it's insane.
0: It's jumped so, up exponentially, yeah. And it, the other the games... Week, oh,
1: sorry, go Mr. on. Go ahead. I'm just saying, the, the Vikings have to bounce back and show life. If they drop Big two time. in a row, I think they're... They're gonna get in their own heads, and it's just it's not gonna be pretty for them for the rest of the season. But thankfully for them, I it's tough not to win their
0: division. I agree. Yeah, it's gonna to be tough when the Lions are your next closest opponent. Other than that, in the four o'clock slate, some a bit of, a couple snoozer games. Uh, I mean, okay. you can't really careful, call. Careful, you can't really call the overtime win for the Vegas, uh for the Raiders a snoozer. That was a big pass by Derek Carr. One of the craziest like arcs on a ball I've ever seen. He was like getting tackled and he flung it out with his wrist, and it was such a high ball. It was crazy. But they get a big win out, out of that toilet bowl. And other yeah, than was, that, that was a nothing game. What'd you see from the Steelers game?
1: They look like a competent NFL team i was i was very happy i that they, they lost obviously but they put up 30 points it's the most yeah. points they put up all year uh i think that was the best four o'clock game i agree i, I don't know if you watch him it, it it wasn't on tv i was i was i, I watched the entire first half and then the great cup came on and uh i put my priorities there like a good good man should and uh, but it, it was good kenny pickett looked fine he he's he's matured in a way where he's not making unforced errors which is really all i want to see right now george yeah. pickens look good it was just the uh, the defense let the offense down for the first time uh on the season. It's
0: usually the other way around mm-hmm. which they've earned you you know as a as that defense they've earned to lose you know be on the other end of one of those games for a while my Move- my my only thing with the steelers sorry last thing it's I want to draft top
1: 10, not top five, if you know what I mean. I want to be somewhat competitive, but I don't want to be the – I still yeah. want to draft top 10, but I don't want to be bottom of the barrel where you're drafting top five. So Yeah, I feel we'll that. We'll see what happens. I don't put too much stock into what happens. Just find a way to get six wins this year, and I'm happy.
0: Yeah, it's one of those weird seasons, kind of like the Bears are having right now, where you're yep. like low key happy if they lose tight games where they play well. I,
1: I actually didn't really want to win that game. If we won yeah. that game, I would have I would have found a way to talk myself back into the season, and I I don't need that for <laughs> for my well being.
0: I don't have the energy for it. Yeah, yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, and the Bengals get another win where they're just trying to keep crawling back to catch the. They're going to be there. I think think they're going to be be there. Yeah, Jamar Chase is coming back. I I
1: think they're going to be in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it was another good game for Joe Burrow, too. On to the night game. Admittedly, we didn't watch uh, a lot of the first half of this because of the Great Cup, but the Chiefs 30, Chargers 27. But this was a pretty classic Chiefs-Chargers game by all accounts. It actually was a bit of a slower burn. It didn't become high scoring until kind of later into the third quarter, fourth quarter. But Travis Kelsey dominates the Chargers again, and that's kind of the story of this game.
1: Yep. Kelsey, Kelsey doing what he does. Three touchdowns. The Chiefs Chiefs win a close game that I think they kind of needed to win in a way. That's a statement win. If if you if the Chargers find a way to win that game, they're they're right back in the division conversation. So now I think the Chiefs are very much in the driver's seat. Well, they were before, but it would have been a lot closer if the Chargers found a way to win this game. So the Chiefs are smooth sailing. It it seems like in the AFC West, um, they found a running game. They had a running game for maybe the first time this year. Pacheco had 107 yards on the ground.
0: Yeah, did it. Which by I think committee. opened up
1: a lot. It opened up a lot uh, in the throwing game for Kelsey and the boys. Uh, but it was a good game. It was a good. I like you said. I didn't really. I didn't watch
0: any of the first half. Yeah, uh, I just I saw, turned it on for the fourth pretty much.
1: Yeah, I I tuned in for yeah, halfway through the third quarter, start of the fourth. It was it was a good game. Herbert looked good, uh mm. except for that 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 interception, but overall yeah. I th- I think he like they're a weird team. The Chargers are a really weird team. I think they would be a very hard team to be a fan of. They're just very frustrating cuz they always seem to be in these games and it's always just one one mistake that just kind of cost them and it's just they're always right there but they never they're not pulling it through and playoffs are questionable i think they'll get in at the end of the day but as of right now it's it's questionable they're outside the playoffs as of as of this recording
0: yeah and it was a game in the sense of it turns out that if you still have two of the best players in football, you can win a lot of games, even if you shouldn't. I mean, Mahomes finishes with 329 for three touchdowns. All of them go to Kelsey. Like if you have those two guys working how they are right now, you're not going to have much of a chance to stop them. And I think everyone who was watching that game knew that the Chiefs were going to score on that final drive. I mean, down to Justin Herbert, every – shot they showed of justin herbert's face on the sideline was just him going shit like you could just tell on his face that he knew he wasn't going to get the ball left with more than 14 seconds to play down a touchdown yeah.
1: that must be a terrible feeling with just having no control of that situation seeing patrick mahomes run onto that field put his helmet on and kelsey oh, yeah. and you're just you're just hoping and praying quick question i think we we've wrapped up that game is Mahomes actually two two questions?
0: Is Mahomes your MVP as of right now? I think after that game, it's hard not to be, especially with Josh Allen. The past three weeks he's had, I still have my two MVP conversation all loaded up in me, but it's hard when he lost those games to concussion. I think right now he's the front runner. Mahomes I, I I have Mahomes as the front runner it's he's not
1: he hasn't run away with it by any means but I no. think he's the top dog I think there's four four candidates with Mahomes Hurts Tua and Allen yeah um and then my second question is what are your top five teams in the NFL
0: top five teams I'll get into that sorry to put, you. You, on, get down sorry to put you on the
1: spot like that I I'll know get- we didn't talk about this before but it's just I think there's five teams that are in this category, and you can kind of put them in any sort of order you want.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think see I'll, if I'll you, go. I want to see if you and I are on the same page with that. Okay, I'll go order. Are you, you want me to go order or order list? Do, do whatever you do whatever you want. I put you on the spot. So okay, I'll do order list right now, just so I can spit out teams. I'm obviously going to put the Eagles in there, but then I'm going to shift gears pretty hard into AFC. I'm going to go Chiefs as well. Uh, I'm going to go Bills as well, as bad as they've looked or as shaky as they've looked the past three weeks. I'm going to go Dolphins as well because you have to. And with that fifth spot, I'm very hesitant to put the Vikings in there. And I think that says something about them. There's part of me that wants to put a team like the Cowboys or even the 49ers in that, that fifth spot because those are rosters that I believe in more than anything. But I think for right now, uh, after that win against minnesota the cowboys are in that fifth spot i think that those would be my five so those are those are my five too with the cowboys rounding it out it's i think
1: there's teams that have opportunity to get into that conversation like you said like the 49ers i think if the Bengals really start hitting their stride there they're a little bit of a dark horse in the fc maybe the chargers i don't yeah every year the chargers are in the exact same spot where you're just like oh like look out for the chargers they they hit their stride but it's those are those are my five teams right now. Uh you can throw them in any wit, any order. I think the Chiefs are number one if you have to. I agree. Pick which is one crazy and I think
0: considering everything. It is
1: because ever they were almost an afterthought going into the area. It was all everyone's high on the Bills, especially when the Bills beat the Chiefs too. I think everyone just kinda not not wrote them off, but they're like, Okay, it's it's the Bills. And then the Bills the past couple of weeks just
0: Well, everybody thought it was a big changing of the guard game, right? It was like, okay, the yep. Bills beat the Chiefs, Bills are the new Chiefs and it hasn't been that way
1: it hasn't been that way it's it's tough to be as consistent as the chiefs have uh for the past couple years and they just keep doing it they just keep winning games and uh we'll we'll see we'll see what happens at the end of the year but as of right now though i have the same five teams in uh, my top five
0: yeah and we'll see how they how they continue over these next few weeks but i think we'll still be talking about them in a few weeks absolutely All right, and we're back now with another segment. We're going to be going over our goal post pick recap. If you didn't follow on our Instagram and our Twitter on Friday, we released a set of picks for the weekend, which we're going to be calling our goal post picks. And then afterwards, we're going to be comparing our picks and doing a little friendly competition here to see whose picks end up doing better. That's goalpostpod on Insta and the same on Twitter, but separating each word with uh, underscores. Patrick, you went three for six. You went 50%. You had Baylor. Three plus for three, two.
1: three for three, three. I was three and three, 500.
0: Yeah. Three and three. Sorry. Yeah. Not hey, three yeah. for six. I, yeah.
1: I, and just in case the people didn't see the graphic, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta defend myself.
0: No, it's true. You had the Baylor plus two hit. the Argos money line hit and the Patriots three and a half hit. And then you missed on Ole Miss Vikings, Cowboys over and Eagles minus six and a half. Where would you have done things differently? So for three and three on the record, but positive in the
1: units with the Argos money line. Definitely Definitely. nice on your dog. So it was a a winning weekend if you followed me. Ole Miss was maybe the worst pick I've I've given out. That was a disgusting one. It it sucks because I was really high on Illinois and Maryland plus the points, which I I took on on my own. I didn't give it out and I was kicking myself the second it happened. Uh, But it's okay. It happens. You're wrong. Baylor, I thought, was a really good one. The Vikings, Cowboys, I think that was a solid pick. And the Vikings just didn't come through. So, it is what it is. Got lucky with the Patriots. uh, And then the Eagles. The Eagles were never covering at any point in that game. So, that was also not so good of a pick. But, yeah. it's all right. I mean you love and you learn three and three is not a bad record by any means. And no. We'll we'll look to get better next week. It's simple as that. Well you had a you had a pretty good weekend.
0: I did. I went five and one. I had a little eighty-three percent clip. I went hundred percent in football, which felt good. I had the Lions Giants over forty-five, um, which hit pretty easily. I had the Cowboys one and a half, uh which obviously hit easily. The USC minus two was a bit of a sweat. Um they ended up winning by three a pretty crazy shootout there, but I felt that they were going to win that game. It was just going to be a matter of whether they covered the two, which they did. And then the Argos money line, which was a huge, huge late hit to the account on a Sunday night. Uh, And then I went 50% in hockey. I went Leafs Sabres over six and a half, which I was able to be there in person for, which was huge. I was, I borderline celebrated when the Sabres scored their second goal because it was the one that hit the seven. Uh, and I was kind of crunching that one out the whole game, but that was big. And then the one pick that I had for the weekend that lost was the Kings' money line, which, looking back on it, which was pretty stupid because they played the night before. Um, They played a late game the night before. but
1: They were in it, though. It went to overtime. Yeah, yeah, it went
0: 3-2 in overtime, which I guess, yeah, not looking back on it, wasn't that bad of a pick. But, yeah, they, they were tired. They had played a late game the night before, which isn't obvious uh obviously always the best recipe
1: you were looking for value it is what it is they're underdogs and
0: yeah so we move on uh five and one and three and three so we'll update that next week and keep an eye on our socials uh on friday for our picks for the weekend tell us if you want to Uh, fade us if you want to as well but that last kind of hockey segment will bring us right into our nhl recap I talked a bit about it before, but I was there in the building on Saturday for a big Leafs win, I would say arguably the most complete effort that they've had all year. Nylander scores twice. Marner extends his point streak to 12 games with two assists. Power play went two for three. It was a great game. So for NHL, I have circled the Leafs might be back. They very Um, well might
1: be. Do you have anything to say about that? The Leafs have looked good. Other than that, what was it, like a four-game lull, maybe five games where – I thought Leaf's Nation was gonna just implode, yeah. Yeah, it was it was not it was not a good week or two for Leafs Nation in that period of time, but it's they seem to have things going. Matt Murray looks good when he's healthy. I yeah. think it's the main takeaway of these these couple games and his return. I've always said that I, I watched him a couple years as a Suns fan. He's when he's healthy, he's a good goalie. His problem is staying healthy. So hopefully he can stay healthy for the rest of the year and yeah. the Leafs can um ride him. Uh, Yeah, it was. uh, I would say, yeah, you
0: know what? Talk, talk your shit. You're a Leaf fan. Here's your moment. Here's your moment. Yeah, yeah. I would say that that I'm hesitant to say that they're back, but I think they're finally gelling like people expected them to gel. I think all four stars are sitting from 20 to 24 points, um, like differing between a point between all of them. So your stars are coming out, Murray. You're getting some goaltending health back, uh, and they looked great. That. Now it's a Sabres team who have just lost their eighth straight game and they are legitimately coached like a select team. I think that Tom- I checked the game, Thompson tuck and cousins all played 21 minutes. They're lacking depth, extremely hard in th- in the forward department and in the goaltending department, but they, they were rolling them every other line. It was, it was kind of ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think the Sabres have uh figured out their formula yet and what no. works for them i think they they got off they got lucky at the start they won a couple games got off to a bit of a hot start and i think they just haven't changed their ways from those first that first week of games first two weeks yeah i, I know you were saying the the sabers are kind of on a on a down downhill trend but that's that's a game the leafs have to win it's a that's a statement win because they always seem to struggle with the sabers so that's a big one uh another one i have kind of moving on to a different team that's definitely back the devils just can continue to win i go on at this trajectory it seems like we're going to be talking about them every single week because they just keep winning games
0: yeah they continue their tears. they beat ottawa 5-1 to win their 12th game in a row and they now have the 11th longest winning streak in nhl history they play edmonton tonight monday night and they look unstoppable right now their offense looks unstoppable
1: yeah that that game uh, against the suns was was not fun. It was not fun for me. Uh, it hurts a bit. this this team i'm I was so in on at the start of the year. I, I didn't have crazy expectations. my my expectation for them was to compete for a playoff spot. yeah. and uh, the season's done. four weeks in. and it's it's not fun. i'm I'm definitely on the fire DJ Smith train uh brady going about for him i i found quite quite weird I, I don't really understand i don't think his seat's been uh super hot outside of Suns nation so i don't think the the going at the media and going at the fans is really It's a weird done spot. right now yeah, yeah it's because it, as it's, a captain
0: you want like you obviously have to say the right things to support your coach but you also have to recognize like the weight that your words have in the sense that if you are like actively supporting it's like okay well i guess the team really buys around this guy but i don't know if that's the case i i don't know what the case is i also
1: feel like it's the ottawa fan base has the microscope on dj but not the entire hockey world yet i don't think uh, everyone's kind of clued in on what's going on with ottawa right now but he just won't make changes and he just keeps tinkering with these lines and he thinks that's how you solve the problem. And it's not, he won't bench guys. He won't make statements. He's, I know, I know why Brady's going back. He's a player's coach. Yeah. let them do whatever they want. And there's no accountability on this team. It seems. And it's just, it's frustrating. We don't need to go too deep into it, but it's, it's frustrating to be a Suns fan. You know who it's not frustrating to be a fan of the Colorado
0: avalanche or the Tampa Bay lightning. Because, they are both back. Back to winning form. Yeah, they, they've looked hot the past week, and, and they're getting their goalies right back into it. Vazilewski, again, looks like a superstar goalie. And they're two teams that everybody kind of shrugs their like their shoulders, and they roll their eyes when they're like, you know, fuck, this, these guys are back again. It's like with Boston being great again. It's like, damn, yeah. you know, I was wishing we could write these guys off after a bit of a shaky start to the season, but it looks like we can't.
1: No, Colorado 7-3 and three in their last 10, Lightning 7-2-1, and one, so they're oh, just continuing yeah. to win. Uh, they both kind of got off to slow-ish starts, nothing crazy, but not what we might have expected going into the year. Mm-hmm. Colorado's still playing without Landis Gog, so that's always one that you know Like later on the season when they get him back. That's going to be a huge boost for them uh, going into the playoffs, which I assume they will make. Um, another thing I had on here is the Stars are
0: are legit.
1: The Dallas Stars are a legit hockey team this year.
0: Yeah, I uh, I saw their game against the Leafs when the Leafs won in overtime, which was by all accounts a game that I didn't think they were really going to win because they were getting out-goalied so hard by Scott Wedgwood, which scary injury to him. Hope he's all right with his back there. But the Stars are fully back. They're first in the Central right now, 24 points, 11-5-2. They have they're a hard team to play against. That was my number mm-hmm. one takeaway from that game being at that game. They matched up extremely well with us and they shut down Matthews for like the whole night. Yeah, they're a well-coached team. Uh Jake Ottinger is a
1: very good goalie. It looks like he will be a stud for a long period of time to come. Plus 22 uh, so we'll goal differential too yeah. for Dallas. Yeah, they seem to just they win and they win by a good margin when they do. It's it's con- they're convincing team it's i'm i'm all in on the stars i think they will be there in uh in the playoffs in april especially in the
0: western conference that teams are going to rise to the top like pretty easily
1: the west is the west is kind of interesting i i mean obviously the stars vegas those teams but i don't really know who the best team in the west is right now i i think i'm still gonna have to give the benefit of the doubt to colorado but i i do think it's pretty pretty open and up for the taking.
0: Mm-hmm. Vegas looks dangerous. Colorado, Dallas—they're all up there. LA still hanging in it.
1: Yeah, LA is there. Uh, t- Seattle, Winnipeg—it's uh, just
0: I don't know. Actually, speaking of Seattle, before I forget, Shane Wright assigned finally to the HL.
1: Yeah, fin—finally is the right word there. It's—it's it's, the right word. It—it it should have happened a while ago. I—I uh, I wish him the best. I hope he gets played. I—I I hope he plays well and uh hopefully he's back up with the big club in in no time yeah i I think he's a good hockey player and i just think seattle was mistreating slash misusing him it it was that was just a very weird situation i'm happy it's finally over
0: yeah i'd like to see him get his groove back um i have one last thing hosa has his number retired uh number 81 retired by the blackhawks in the first show of good PR by the Blackhawks in about the past year. Um, but it was nice. They had a, all his teammates from the three cups there on the ice with them. Uh, that was a good one to see. I love Hosa. I think he's a player that got hated on way too much when we were younger.
1: Yeah. The, he always will have that, that cup chaser mm-hmm. title to him. Yeah, But I think after he stayed with, with the Blackhawks, it kind of got erased a bit. And yeah. You're rightfully so. Cause he had an unbelievable hockey player and those That run of chicago in the mid mid to 20 early 2010s it was it was something to behold they were as hockey fans
0: dream to have that
1: yeah it's that's a modern day dynasty was it three and three and six yeah just won every other year i believe yeah and uh yeah so i think they'll uh they're gonna have a lot more jersey retirements to come when uh, a couple of the other boys
0: i was about to say i I think that's gonna be that ceremony oddly enough i think is going to start the end like you know the end of that era in a sense that you're not sure if patrick kane's going to end up staying there you're not sure what the hell is going to happen with jonathan tave's contract seabrook's already long gone like those guys are already long gone i think it's going to be a huge changing of the guard which is going to take a lot of time i think all right and back now with a little bit of f1 talk to wrap up the show They had the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix over the weekend, which Max Verstappen dominated from pole to take his record-extending 15th win of 2022. Charles Leclerc holds off Perez in the finale to finish second in the race and the championship to deny Red Bull the one-two. And it was just Max Verstappen from start to finish, which has kind of been the talk of this entire season.
1: Yep, it was uh, it was Max's and Red Bull's year. Congratulations to them again. Even though I know they didn't win it. Today, but they, they, it was a good season for them. uh it's nice to see Charles Leclerc get second, and well and Ferrari as a team also get second in the constructors after what you could call a pretty tumultuous season with how they started and how they finished. It was it Definitely. was all over the place. A lot of unforced errors on Ferrari's part to put themselves in a position to possibly get passed by Mercedes in the constructors and having to fight Checo Perez mm-hmm. in the Drivers' title. It was. uh, I think the big takeaway from this is uh, congratulations, Sebastian Vettel, on a wonderful career. It was. uh, It's it's sad to see him go. Someone like that, Uh, a huge name in the sport. He's done many good things for the sport, for the world. Um, And it's. I don't know. It's it's sad to see. It was. They did a bunch of tributes to him. I don't know if you saw some of them. They all like ran the track together. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the one of his traditions, and it was it was just nice to see. Yeah, it was nice um, that he
0: he scored a point with the Aston Martin to, yep, to kind of sign was it off always the career, nice. which was nice. He finished. I had that he finished the race right behind Ricardo, who is, you know, potentially leaving. You know, a lot of people think he's going to be confirmed leaving McLaren to go back to Red Bull, the team he was successful with before, to become a third driver role. Um, which is pretty sad to see too because i know a lot of people like seeing ricardo race every sunday the one
1: the one thing i'll give ricardo though is i think he kind of went out on his own terms because he had offers to go to haas and i believe possibly williams i might be incorrect about that yeah but he he said he didn't want to race for he didn't want to stoop to that level in a way even though i know that's a little bit disrespectful to haas but mm-hmm. apologies uh, so I think he'll be happy. He's just said he wants to find his passion again. He wants to find that, that fuel. He said in an interview, um, he was asked if, if this is it. And he says he doesn't believe so. Cause he thinks he's going to feel that anger and, and passion when the lights go out in that first race and he's not on the starting grid. So I don't, I don't think this is the last we'll see of Ricardo and, and who knows if he is a reserve driver, he still might even be racing next year. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I think uh, two big storylines going into next year is how will Fernando Alonso perform at Aston Martin and how will Pierre Gasly
0: perform at Alpine? Absolutely. I, I had that along with will Leclerc take the Ferrari kind of momentum into the next year to actually you know build something really significant.
1: Yes, and I also, I, I forgot about Oscar Piastri coming into McLaren replacing Daniel Ricciardo. Mm-hmm. He's the big prospect. A lot of eyes will be on him to perform in his rookie year. Will he? That's a big question mark. We'll we'll see because that midfield battle between McLaren, Aston Martin, and Alpine will be, I think it'll be tighter than this this year because it was basically just Alpine versus McLaren. Aston was... Fighting Alfa Romeo, in which they tied in mm-hmm. the constructors standings. It's it, it's going to be fun. I think Alonso will be able to find a way to get the most out of that Aston Martin car. I think Lance Stroll is going to have to step up big time next mm-hmm. year if they want to compete against those teams. And uh, I just I think it's just hilarious how Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon just despised each other at the end near the end of the year. You gotta love it's, those little It's a F1 funny beefs, dynamic. Yeah. yeah it's because they're so hyper competitive and it, it is pretty much an individual sport even though there's a large team aspect to it but it's always you you are number one and take care of yourself number one the rest will take care of itself mm-hmm. um also rest in peace nicholas latifi not actually but just great career it's nice to yeah. see hopefully he ends up somewhere at indycar
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. he keeps always driving, nice to but... see a canadian do it who isn't lance stroll as there's, well
1: yeah two canadians on the grid i mean it, it was nice to see uh they're usually at the back of the grid but still on the grid
0: yeah and there's f1 talking f1 for you thought i'd give a little uh f1 little talk push at the end push, here. push push little push push for the fans um but i think that's it for today so thanks for everybody for listening we appreciate everybody's support so far with our first episode uh and keep following for more I'll see you next week, Patrick.
1: Yep, see you, Damon. Talk to you later.